Hi there and welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. This is a very special episode in Riga at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference. Yes. And I'm sitting next to Paul Stortz, also known as Paul Sports, to the listeners of Bitcoin Uncensored. That's true. How's it going? Well, we're, I guess we're both tired after yes, two days of conference. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, I was busy uh, yesterday. Yes, you were in a, he, he was in like a, a half kitchen, half booth, hawking his wares. Shilling. Shilling his uh, magazine. Yes, which, by the way, is open source, and you can get it for free if you only want the content. But if you want the print, it's not going to be free. Paul paid like $52 for it, and I yeah. think he was drunk. Uh, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I think that him. happened. Yeah. I have one, though. He has Very one. happy about it's that. It's number 48 if you paid 52 But you Great. also had a couple of panels. Yes. And I was not able to see them. Oh, well, that's too bad. (laughs) Yes, I was in the kitchen. People were asking me if I can offer them fries with the magazine. I would not and pretend it's a funny joke. No, that would have been good. Yeah, you should have done that. People would have liked that a lot. I guess next time I'm going (laughs) to bring fries. Yeah, bring a fryer and uh, some oil and some fries. So what were your panels about? I know that you had a debate Mm. with John Carvalho. Yes, I had a one-on-one with John Carvalho. On day one. I wish he was here so I could ask him his side of the story. And then um, on day two, I was on the Unpopular Opinions panel. Yeah. Yeah. And who else was there? Giacomo was there. Giacomo Zucco. Peter Todd. Eric Voskel. And myself. And Marty Bent. Marty Bent was... The moderator. He was drinking on the job. Really? Yeah. He was having a beer as the moderator. He was having a dad beer. We barely started, and we're, we're already gossiping about other, other podcasters. Yes. I'm professional, just like my light setting right here. Yeah, so it's very... Vlad moved this table like 400,000 times until this light hit perfectly. I'm still not happy about my spot, but yeah. it's fine. I would need another light to my right. But let's, let's talk about You just can't rush perfection, right? I can get Stanley Kubrick about it. Like, you know, in the film Dr. Strangelove or How I, How I Love to Love the Atomic Bomb? Yes, I know that movie. There's some game theory in that movie. There is some game theory in that movie. And also there is a also table lighting. for pool. Uh-huh. Yes. Like in the war room, they have a pool table, which uh-huh. they use. It's meant to represent the irony of the whole situation and how it's all a game. And Stanley Kubrick, even if he was aware that he was shooting in black and white, wanted the table to be green like a pool table. Ah. Yes. Well, random trivia. That's about just Stanley that's Kubrick. exactly the same as this lighting situation in this podcast. Because every detail is important and every even though this is a big room we're in, it has to look like we're in a tiny corner. <laughs> To That's everyone me watching. In the corner. That's me in the spotlight. <laughs> okay, great. Cool. Not too many people. So are wait, what, how much reference. of it did you actually see? The um, how much of the actual conference could you actually see? Were you Only were you locked in the kitchen the whole time? That were before my panels. I had two panels. Ah, okay. The first one was about privacy, and I saw a little bit from the guy from Crypto Voices, who was talking about financial stuff, and I only caught the last five minutes. And before 
No. Did and you have the, did you have Douglas Beckham talking yeah. about why air gapping is mostly placebo, according to his own research from Shift Crypto? I okay. mean, the hardware wallet, not ah. something else. Okay. In the context of hardware wallets, he was explaining why he still chooses the USB connection for the Bitbox O2. And after that, I had my panel about Did you have emerging Prince, markets. Yeah, Prince Philip was on the panel. Two months ago, I was on a panel with the president of Liberland. Yesterday, I was wow. on a panel with Prince Philip of Serbia. I don't know where this is going. I'm just talking, we're talking uh, royalty are coming to the Bitcoin conferences now. Okay, first Lieberland, next mm -hmm. Serbia, next Croatia. Could be another country. Or maybe my home country, uh, Romania. Montenegro. We could get that. Nick Orlovsky, you know? who's around here, is from Montenegro. So oh, okay. Good to know. Shout out to Nick. He was on the <laughs> podcast. Okay, great. So how did I become the subject of this conversation? I don't know. You we just were, we were talking about talk. the talking about the what are we talking about? I don't even know. Let, let's talk about your one-on-one -on -one debate with John Carvalho. Okay. Yes. What John, was I was talking about with John. I sat down and Marty Ben. I had no idea. Like some of the other panels, like when Aaron moderates the panel I was on earlier that day, he like messaged people the day before, which is still pretty. You know, no offense, Aaron, still pretty lazy as the moderator the day before. And he's like, OK, we'll probably talk about this and this and this. There's a little he makes a little chat group, you know, mm -hmm. for the Marty Bent one. He just was like nothing at all. We're just we just go up on stage I and he just people. goes. Sorry. <laughs> he just goes up on stage. We never messaged about anything. I had no idea what it was even going to be about. He's just Marty Bent like time to talk about drive chain. And I'm like, oh, OK, I know about that. So I can talk about it. But I talked to John Carvalho like 10 minutes before going on, and he's like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Both of us had made lists of things. We made uh, lists of things that we agreed and disagreed. We independently did that without even talking to each other. And then and then instead of using the list, Marty Bent just goes, boom, drive chain conversation. So, yeah, we talked about some Was different things. Was that on the list? Uh, some of it. Some, a lot of it was related. Like, uh, it's hard to understand my point of view if you don't understand the sidechain point of view, because the sidechain point of view is once a point of view that many, many, many people, everyone in the Bitcoin community, like in 2014, this is like a kind of a taken for granted thing that everyone would want to copy anything useful that was ever invented by someone else. So That's interesting. I should get the two of you on a podcast and let you have that conversation or debate that you're going to have. If yeah, but did, did you watch event. the? Uh, did you watch the? Do uh, you haven't seen the one that we already did? No. So of then course, I have to watch that. Yeah, you have to watch that one. Figure out what you haven't said. <laughs> People are having a great time watching us. This room is much bigger than it may appear on uh, the USB camera, and uh, people are having a great time here. Supposedly walking by. Someone who's walking around is dead <laughs> nowadays. Oh, he's dead? But we just, dead. we just walked by twice. He died on Twitter. And people. Oh, I get it. Sort of funeral processions. And well, this is the. That's the, that's the power of, of um, Riga, Latvia. The dead, the the dead walk. The dead walk the earth. Nobody dies. Once, one day a year. We're on the blockchain forever. Okay, that's good. Um, so yes, that was fun. Everyone should uh, give that a watch, or maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. 
depends on what they're interested in. If you were to summarize it, what would you say about <laughs> summarize it? Summarize it. Well, I don't know. I thought um, uh, John Caval has some uh, pretty interesting ideas. Uh, he didn't seem to really understand the core sidechain idea that the coins exchange at par, you know, like that if you put four coins into the Lightning Network, for example, it gives you four coins over there, you know. And same same for the sidechain. If you put four four Bitcoin into a sidechain, it's going to credit you with four coins. And if you take four coins out, it credits you with four coins on layer one, you know. So that's pretty straightforward. But he was kind of saying that the market price would still float, which it might because the withdrawal is not perfectly convenient, but it would be like 99 cents on the dollar or whatever, or 99 euro cents on the euro. They're the same nowadays. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks to the equally rigorous fiscal and monetary policy of these great nations. Are they still called pegins and pegouts in drive chains? I don't call them that. I think they're, I call them deposits and withdrawals. But uh, yeah, that whole peg in, peg out word is a weird phrase, you know. It's like, what are people talking about? It was interesting because it's peg. It's like a, they're a pirate. Stream to define what you're doing when you lock your coins on the main chain and you get them issued on their Fed. Yeah, chain. sure. But I mean, like, um, you could use the, whatever word you use. You could use the same word for the Lightning Network or something, you know. So, you know what I mean? The coins go in and then they come out. They call that channel opening and closing. So. It's end lock time, I guess. It's a function in the, the Bitcoin script, which allows you to conditionally lock the coins according to whatever you're doing. Well, yeah, you, for the Lightning Open, you spend them to a multisig output. And you also, you have transactions that could spend from that. Some of those have the lock time. But ideally, none of those would ever be seen on the blockchain, the lock time transactions. So, how long does it take for your hair to dry when you <laughs> take a shower or something in the morning? You know, because it's very long. I think he's being ironic because I was late. That's true. That's that was his excuse. Today. I, was, I was having food with Vake, my friend. And uh, then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that Vlad messaged me. So then I was like, oh. And then he was like, oh, but... It takes 4,000 years for my hair to dry. And I was like, oh, that's an important fact. I actually borrowed a blow dryer from Vake. So really? To dry my hair faster. Oh, my but gosh. But it was in his room. What a coincidence. We the same Airbnb. He is manly, and he's not traveling with a blow dryer. Yeah, it's his hair is very short now, too. Yeah. So he doesn't need one. It happened to be in his room. Okay, great. So your second panel with Giacomo Zucco. Yes. Oh, that was fun. Eric Voskill. Yes. And who else was there? Peter Todd. Peter Todd. How could I forget? Yeah. He, it just goes for, it's taken for granted that if there's an unpopular opinions panel that he's obviously is going to be there. Yeah. I was in my He's ever present. At the time. Yes. Trying to sell all the magazines. I think I sold 85 out of 100. Oh, there you go. But it's basically, everyone was coming to me saying, have you seen that panel with Paul Stortz <laughs> and Giacomo? And Too bad. Peter you missed Stott out. And Eric Voskill. Hey, it but it incredible. Did, it's all recorded, though, and everything, right? So it people is. can watch it later. But uh, I'm trying to provide the viewers and listeners a teaser with a teaser. A teaser? Like an oh. introduction. 
which allows them to better. We covered rest. a lot of things. We covered uh, tail emission. We covered side chains. We covered lightning. We covered hype. We covered what else did we cover? It went for a while. It was supposed to go for a little while, and then um, I think Marty Ben was supposed to do rabbit hole recap or something, but. Matt Odell, his, he had to dry his hair, and it took a really long time, so he couldn't make it. And so they were just like, well, just keep going. So he went for like more than an hour, I think. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. What is your take on tail emission? The way I see oh, it, well, it doesn't really make any sense to me. Okay. The way I see it, it's basically a, a super unpopular proposal that was introduced by Peter Todd. He most likely got inspired by Monero because that's where mm, he found yes. it. And basically, it's a last resort in case we don't manage to secure the budget to pay the miners and keep everything profitable. But it's also difficult to figure out a fair percentage which makes sense over a long period of time. He was like 0.01% should be fine. And that's basically every 1,000 years you double the supply. No, no, that's not it at all. There's not a, it's not a percent thing. Tail emission is the, a fixed amount of coins per block. Mm -hmm. So you, there's never a fixed time of you double supply. But if you have a fixed amount, over time you're, you're basically after a few number, oh, a few number, a certain number of years, you're going to affect the supply. Well, of course, yes. No, like let's say you start with 10 coins and you add one coin forever. Then it'll take... 10 years to double the supply the first exactly. time, and then it'll take 20 years to double the supply the next time. Yeah. Then it'll take 40 years to double no, the supply. I think the way that he presented it to me was 0.01% of the entire supply. Is the fixed year. amount. So that would be like you start with 10 coins, and he's going to make like whatever, like a 30 thousandths of a coin or something every year, forever. So it's not growing with a percent. It doesn't matter. The whole thing is never going to happen. And um, no one... Uh, That's what yeah. about drive chains, no offense. Ah, well, he, did he say that, actually? He may have said that, I don't know. but he uh, Not on record. <laughs> yeah. But uh, definitely tail mission is not going to happen. And the whole thing is just that he had some equations, and he was like, oh, this is a surprising result, that if you make this assumption that the coin loss is constant and uh, uniform and random, uh, then uh, the coin issuance rate equals the lost coins rate. But that's only because the... So imagine the, the easiest way to understand this paper is to imagine the lost coin rate is zero. And then the question is, why is it not inflationary? What is the equation saying? The answer is the equation is saying that at time equals infinity, the, the coin quantity will be infinity, and then any finite coins you add per period will be 0%. Mm -hmm. And there will be zero will equal zero in that case. Uh, so that is all it's saying. All he's saying is if you add a lot, if you add a fixed amount of coins, eventually there'll be so many coins that it'll be a very tiny percent. Uh, but if the people are losing coins, then that quantity may be uh, higher until people figure out how to stop losing coins. Yeah, so it's never gonna happen. Well, yeah, I think it will never happen. Yeah. People signed up for a system where you have a fixed supply, and possibly I think that's the biggest shilling point. Not shilling point, shilling point. Mm, both, though, maybe. But uh, I still think that 
it can be a good emergency proposal 30 years from now if we fail to increase adoption. Haha, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think like... Um, yeah, you think that drive chains are going to It's obvious it. that merge mining can fix it without anything else happening. So, for example, we've already been merge mining for more than 10 years. So that it already it's like it already exists. Uh, that would be the much better way to go because that that doesn't involve high fees, that doesn't involve block size increase, that doesn't involve inflation. So that's obviously superior. I remember interviewing Charlie Lee, and he told me that he's very happy about Dogecoin because it's merge mined with Litecoin, and basically even if Litecoin doesn't get traction and Dogecoin does, Litecoin still succeeds. Do you think Litecoin is succeeding? Uh, it depends on which metrics you're counting. I think they did something interesting with extension blocks and Mimblewimble. Mimblewimble extension block, they did, yeah. I think in general, too much of the uh, there's too much of a frame on uh, technology and development. I actually wish this is one of the things we lost with the block size war. We kicked out some of the people who cared more about like merchant adoption and like user acquisition. And now we just care about who has a fancy Mimblewimble extension block, even if no one uses it. I mean, how many people do you know personally who have used the Litecoin Mimblewimble extension block? I was Zero or like negative so 10,000? Negative 400 so I million? I received it and I passed it to someone else. So you used it. And who did you pass it to? You don't know? Some Twitter anon. Who did you receive it from? A Twitter anon? Mm -hmm. So as far as you know, you're the only person who... Maybe there was one other person or two. Most likely, yes. Okay. Well, it that sounds very hard to tell. Sounds promising. They got delisted from exchanges because of it. But that sounds worth it. To see what's happening. We it talk is. about adding privacy to Bitcoin all the time. We, we get to see the consequences on Litecoin right now. We see the reaction yeah. of governments yes. around the world and regulators and private businesses. Sometimes exchanges do it without yeah. any kind of compulsory regulations. They just try to anticipate what they think their government is going to Might say. Might complain about. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I agree. A lot of the that makes sense. exchanges was preemptive. I wonder how many exchanges list uh, Zcash. I don't know. Well, it's not like they list the private transactions for Zcash. It's yeah, but how many list the, Z the Zcash asset? I think it's Even just T address. Yeah. Could be. Well, if it's on Coinbase, then it's everywhere, you know? Most likely. But I do remember Zuko tweeting about being happy with a collaboration with Chainalysis. So I think the scope and purpose of the project derailed a bit. That might just be something clever you just say when you trick Chainalysis. You go to Chainalysis and you think, LOL. And then they're like, LOL. Thank you. And then they shake hands, and then you both write tweets about it. You know, like, what does that mean? That chain analysis is going to defeat the Z address, uh, ZK snark privacy? Somehow I doubt it. That, that's yeah. a very small percentage. And the anonymity set is also small because you yeah. know who's using that. You can guess who yeah. might be behind transactions. Yeah, Zuko, Zuko's friend, Zuko's mom, probably. Yeah. Speaking of Zcash, I told you that I bought Peter Todd's junk, right? No. Not. You own the junk, though. I own his laptop. That has the uh, radioactive thing from the first ceremony? Because, you know, they redid the ceremony later. 
Oh no. Yeah, there's like a there's one with Peter Todd and like six other people, and then there's one with like eighty people or something. And then the new Zcash five, I think, does not. I don't know if this is true. Maybe I'm spreading misinformation. Uh, but I think the new Zcash five doesn't have the uh, trusted setup because it's got Halo two, not to be confused with the hit Xbox video game. It should only be confused with. Z Zcash, yes, yeah, not to be confused. That's of course we all know that's the real Halo, and then the Halo video game series is also that's an also ran. You know, it's like a Johnny Come Lately. The new kid in town. But the other thing that is a Halo is the the, the Zcash prover, the Zk prover. Either that, or I have no idea what I'm talking about, and people from Zcash are going to be like. Super no, irate. They're gonna be to like, this. This "Oh my god!" Podcast. We oh, that's good. A bit, but okay, it's fine. Break. After Mount Gox collapsed, that was really the precipice of me saying, "Right, this has to change. We need an." totally transparent exchanging system um, and base it on gold instead of fiat. Voltoro is the hard money exchange which helps you beat inflation with instant swaps between the best stores of value known to man, gold and Bitcoin. Unlike most exchanges, Voltoro understands the importance of transparency and security. All gold holdings are secured in top-tier Swiss private vaults and fully insured against theft, fire, and more. Maximize your purchasing power today by going to voltero.com slash Bitcoin Takeover. This is not financial advice, but gold has been humankind's most reliable store of value in the last 6,000 years. Do your own research. Use promotion code TAKEOVER for a one-time bonus of one gram of gold for the first 50 new customers buying gold with Bitcoin. Are you concerned that your friends, neighbors or KYC exchange might know how much Bitcoin you own? It is time to take your financial privacy seriously with Wasabi Wallets, a free and open source wallet solution which makes use of mega coin joins to mix your coins with those of hundreds of other strangers. Thanks to the groundbreaking Wabi Sabi engine, your coins get divided in smaller untraceable units which grant you great anonymity for both huddling and spending. Download Wasabi Wallet 2.0 today at wasabiwallet.io and take advantage of the mega coin joins. It's free and it's open source, so don't trust Verify. What are you going to wear when Bitcoin hits $1 million? The same old $20 t-shirt? Try Maison Machi, the designer clothes made in Paris by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. 
They're not your average mass-produced sweatshop clothes. Mashi will ask for your measurements and tailor every piece of clothing according to the shape of your body. So you always look and feel great in your t-shirt, hoodie or dress. It's all made in France by real artisans who also happen to be Bitcoiners. Which is why Maison Mashi only accepts Bitcoin as payment for their clothes. Get a Maison Mashi t-shirt or hoodie today, it might even help you find a girlfriend. And once you do get a girlfriend, you can also buy her a Maison Mashi dress. Stop having fun looking poor and check out MaisonMashi.com. That's M-A-I-S-O-N-M-A-A-C-H-I.com. What is the elevator pitch for drive chains? Oh, well, it just gives you everything gives everyone everything that they want. So if you want new features, if you want the ZK Snow, you want Z, Z addresses, if you want turn complete smart contracts, if you want uh, large blocks, whatever it is, you could get that. Other people don't have, you know, if you want a uh, small block layer 1 ossified code, you can get that. We're just giving everyone what they want. So the drive chain is a side chain idea, so it lets people just send the coins to different pieces of software. So all the all the software will compete uh, we'll compete with each other, and so that is best for the user because it's competition. It's an opera situation, right? You get a drive chain, and you get a yes. drive chain, and you get a space. You could. Chain I mean, I think there'll probably only chain. be like a few, but but yeah, like a, a lot of people actually have good ideas. So the Zcash is a good example of a good idea, but it has the silly uh, dev techs. and the pre mine. Yeah, all this weird stuff like that. So you just get rid of all that, take all the technology. Take the uh, the ZK Snark mixer. Take the private the Z addresses that are private. You know. I did see that you made a demo on YouTube. Yes. In which you prove how you can integrate the main Bitcoin Core client on Testnet with your drive chain Zcash. Yes. Drive chain. That's what you call it. Yeah, we call it Z side instead of Zcash. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you take coins, you have your regular bitcoins, you send them over to this piece of software. And over there, the coins show up and they it's like using a lightning app or something. You send the coins over and you have the coins there and then over there you have Z addresses and you have uh the the Zcash super privacy and then when they change hands, the new owners can eventually take them back to layer 1. So yeah, that's what it does. Sounds promising. Yeah. When I mean when, I think it's also the only way it's on, the only way that Bitcoin can actually um succeed at most of the things it wants to do because there's a lot of disagreement over what the block size block chain should contain including the block size is one example. So whatever you pick for the block size they can't be both large and small. So you have to turn one group away. Yeah. I agree with that. And uh, so that's difficult because we we need money needs network effects and we need we want we would prefer a unified community like you know Bitcoin versus the banks. We don't want like Bitcoin versus Ethereum versus whatever Tron, you know. I mean we have RSK which is merge mine. Yes, but it's a uh, the, the the peg is federated on layer 1 because nothing else exists yet to do the peg with. People use these HSMs. Uh, this HSM thing, I think, is like, 
unverifiable, no one can prove they're using HSM to you. Like, what if, what if I said, I have two organizations. One is a multi-sig to hide. To, one uses multi-sig to hold their coins, and the other uses multi-sig with HSM to hide their coins. Mm -hmm. And I ask you, which is which? I don't. There's know. no way of knowing. If just especially if you just look at the blockchain, they're just two multi-sig outputs. So one of them, they say they use HSM, but how can anyone know that? Well, doesn't sh not Schnorr Taproot help with that? How does it help with that? Well, multi-sigs and normal transactions are going to look the exact same and have the same No, size. but that doesn't that makes it even more difficult to prove that, some, that someone actually is using an HSM, mm -hmm. the hardware security module. HSM is like if you bring something on a plane and they say check this box that you're not carrying any of these things on, if you like checked all the, if you were like I'm bringing all of those things on the plane. It's like this piece of chemistry that can like explode and burst into flames and like burn a hole through the plane and like kill everyone. So I don't know exactly how they ship those HSMs around is what I'm saying. I th presumably they use a boat. A boat. Yeah. That's not a boat in Canadian. A boat. <laughs> yeah, they use a boat. I mean a ship, you know. So I don't know how you would get those on an airplane. Because people would be like, what the? F you put it through like the TSA? The scanner would be like, what is this? Okay, what are the trade-offs of drive chains? Or what is the major criticism that you received? I the know criticisms are terrible, page. but I'll give you what they are. Some people say the miners can steal, but the miners can also steal from the Lightning Network, so the criterion is uh, not a good one. Uh, the other thing is to steal, it takes months, three to six months of one hash not matching another hash. There's plenty of stuff that people could do about it if they wanted to react. There's plenty of natural consequences as well. Like if miners kill the sidechain idea, then the Bitcoin coin goes from being a coin that can do anything to a coin that can only do one thing, the layer one store value thing. And presumably its uh, price would be greater if it could do everything and it was infinitely scalable and private and extensible and there's no disagreements. Uh, that would presumably be more valuable than if we lost that ability. And, of course, all the transaction fees on all of the sidechains, which normally would go to miners, that would be over if they killed the, the idea. So it's that's a terrible critique. Uh, I can't believe that goes on for as long as it did. I think what actually happened was uh, Blockstream wrote this paper in uh, October 2014, and everyone was saying sidechains are great, and Peter Todd had to rain on everyone's parade. So he was like, okay, I'll come up with something to say. So he said this true thing. Yeah that 51% can steal the sidechain coins. But really, 51% of miners can can do an awful lot of stealing of Lightning Network, Mainnet, other things, state chains, whatever. So it's very, very difficult to find something where the 51% miners cannot steal. It's almost impossible. They can All certainly right. steal from the Lightning Network by just censoring the justice transaction from the blockchain. So they can empty the, the channel and give it to themselves. Would you say that drive chains also give more power to the miners? They, uh, well, they not if you are on layer one. It does, you're unaffected completely. So, but for the people who choose to opt in, you maybe could say that. But those the, those users have choose chosen to opt into that. So you understand that's there's no. Um, like the, when when people say that, what they're implying is that miners have gotten more power at the expense of other people, mm -hmm. and that the pie is shifted. Yes. 
But that's not the case in the slightest. So in that sense, the answer is no. Would but you say that the cost of validation for everyone else gets increased by adding drag chains? No, because it it only in the sense that maybe adding check lock time ver verifier or something very tiny. is The only thing that the BIP300 script checks is this one tiny little hash. It, ca it collects these, these, these hashes and it counts a little integer up from 0 to 13,000, basically. And uh, that's all it does. And it, so it's very, very, very... The overhead is very small uh, certainly it's well within the uh, what the efficiency that Bitcoin core gains and loses as a as with every or all, every single one of the previous major releases has resulted in an efficiency change that is I would say at least an order of magnitude greater so so there's no there's absolutely no significant increase on in the node cost at all you argue that Bitcoin maximalism is BIP 300 and BIP 301, specifically because you're maximizing Bitcoin's potential by adding every chain functionality. Yes, I think the, the Bitcoin maximalism shifted a little bit, where uh, it used to mean that Bitcoin is almost certainly going to just, just there's no need for anything else. And so there's no there's certainly a distraction to invest in an altcoin or something like that. Uh, but now, over time, it has shifted to mean something like, no matter what happens, Bitcoin's success is uh, preordained or predestined. So no matter how many mistakes we make, or how overconfident we get, everything is good. Everything will be good for Bitcoin, and uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the the sidechain idea was originally a maximalist idea that just said, hey, if any, whatever anyone comes up with that's good, we'll just take because it's open source software. So that's why I say that this is maximalism. It says not not only do we hate alts, but we're going to roll up our sleeves and do something about it, which is just copy their features so that anyone who wants the feature can have it. And also anyone who wants to create a narrative where the feature is important, where they say, well, Bitcoin is no good because it doesn't have such and such. Well, well now you'll be able to say, well, yes, it does have, it has everything. So, so yeah, that's why I think it's, it is, Anyone who's not a side chainer is probably not. I mean, is really not a Bitcoin maximalist. But now there's this new, this new, the modern maximalist is just the the, the preordained success of BTC, despite wh whatever Bitcoin, reality it's says. Bitcoin, yeah, it's useless and it should not exist. Yeah, experimentation is bad outside of Bitcoin, but you can't do yeah. that on Bitcoin. Right. Well, that's the new the new view is that. Yeah, so like if someone has a new, like a Ricardo Spagni or Monero or something, someone has an idea, well, there's, he, what are well, they supposed well, to exactly he's not do? The creator of Monero, let's not. Uh, but he was like the cultural leader of Monero, though. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm referring to the past also. So I'm saying if someone has an idea they like, what exactly are they supposed to do? This is something that came up with me and John Carvalho, where I say. That I talk about the freedom to ignore good ideas, and he claims that right, and I agree with that. But I say that comes with that actually comes with side chains, because if you're saying there's nothing, there's, you can never leave Bitcoin, no matter how good of an alternative idea you have. You maybe you have an idea that is objectively super good, but some say you can never leave, and if you start an altcoin, that's a, a bad thing. Of course, 
But this is the problem: is what do you do with the with an idea that's good? So the whole side chains idea is that we we capture all the good ideas. But otherwise, people are in a kind of a dilemma because they say, "I believe in this idea." Someone really believes in whatever their idea is, ring signatures, or turn complete, or whatever it is. And now the only thing they can do is launch an altcoin if there's no side chains. So the lack of side chains is the what gives birth to the altcoins. That's what I argue sometimes. That yeah. whenever you say that nothing except for Bitcoin should exist and it's all a shitcoin, you should also accept the fact that people are gonna move away and build their own shitcoin. And you yeah, a lot. Of, not as much of it. Some people say this is about taking money from people or whatever. Um, the uh, it's many of these people who started an altcoin. They really just had an idea that they really liked. And then some of them, a smaller number, have said something like, well, this idea I really believe in. And since everyone else is scamming via altcoin, I'll give myself 20% or something, you know, pre-mine or whatever. But most of the people, there are, of course, many people who have just straight up used the altcoin uh, and, the, and the, uh, the altcoin world and the ICO world and the NFT world to just, you know, just straight up take people's money, the smooth operators, you know. They move in, and so there are many horrible people. Most of them are horrible people, but a lot of the there are a lot of coins that were the 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 whole reason the old coin. Oh, sorry. There's a lot of reasons the the whole coin exists is because of a, a genuine creative idea that someone had, and they said, you know, I think this could be great. And some people say, like a John Carvalho would say, that idea is not very good. But why is it up to him, you know? If we had side chains, then you could pick, you could say, you know what, let me look at that idea. I'm my own sovereign human being, and I'm going to say, hmm, uh, you know, let me look at Vlad's uh, side chain, and I'm going to say, well, I can maybe put, put, put 20 bucks in there at, at first and uh, try the idea out for yourself, you know? It shouldn't be up to some third party to censor the ideas out. That is not reasonable. What is your view on building stuff on top of Lightning? I, that's something that John Carvalho would argue, that we don't need any more blockchains, we just need to build stuff on Lightning. Well, I wonder if you would still argue that, because I wrote, I wrote a post. I was on the Bitcoin Dev mailing list. I wrote some emails earlier in the year. And then in April, just before the conference in Miami, I wrote a post called uh, Lightning Network Fundamental Limitations, and then a couple of months after that, in June, John Carvalho hosted a um, he hosted a kind of a recorded uh, I don't know what it was. It was something like that, yeah, something like that. And he put it on YouTube. Anyone can read it. And it's called it has almost the same title. It was like Lightning Network, like uh, Fundamental Limitations or something. And in that, he got Matt Corallo, he had Christian Decker, he had extremely elite members of the light technical lightning community and they are all basically they also basically agreed with the stuff that i had written in the post which was um which was very very different than what most people the lay person or even the lightning enthusiast believes and what the regular lightning person believes is very different from like what matt corallo or christian decker believes so I don't know if, and, you know, John Carvalho hosted it, and he wanted to de-hype the Lightning Network a little bit. So I wonder what he would say if you asked him. Now, that was in June, and now it's three months later, so I don't know. I wonder what he would say if you asked him today. I wish he was here, because I would ask him. 
But I don't what know. is he your may take be here, on so stuff wondering. like what's what's it called? Block stacks. What the about it? BTC people. Oh, the stacks people. Stacks, yeah. Stacks. Well, Stacks has a different coin. They raise 150 million dollars, like sort of selling their. They have this other coin. If we had sidechains, there would be no need for such a coin, and you could do whatever they were doing on the sidechain with no Stacks token. So the fact that people, um, the the fact that we don't have sidechains is the re whole reason why we have. Munib raising $150, $150 million to do stacks, I sort of, or in large part. So I think that's where a lot of people get confused about it. I don't know that much about it. I think it's supposed to do something like Ethereum. Uh, it, there's a, there's like a quasi-counterparty part. There's a quasi, because there's like an embedded consensus to get parallel blockchain. So it's, uh, it's sort of sidechain-like. They also do something similar to what Ethereum does. Where you can like move the uh, coins on Bitcoin via some kind of like a SPV, um, what is it called, a BTC relay or something. So, but I don't know that much about it. But I think a lot of people would just say, well, he um, he raised 150 million dollars. It must be suspicious. Which yeah, that may be right as far as I know. Why? Well, what's your take on it? I think it's experimentation. It's not yeah. up to me to decide. I'm not technical enough to look into it. I can get angry at their shitcoin, at the SDX or whatever they call it. But, you know, they build stuff. It might be... It's open source. Maybe someone will take it and use it for another purpose. Yeah. I'm trying to not be as judgmental. As in, sometimes even in the shittiest project, there is something legit that comes out. And That's true. It's built. And we can reuse that. It's, as I said, I it's agree. open source software. We rename it. We use it on another layer or chain or anything else. I agree with that. We can even take their UX. Sometimes shady projects have nice UX because that's all they got. The graphics. Yes, yeah. They need to be flashy. They need to promote something. So, yeah, there, there's something good in pretty much everything. I wanted to ask you if you read The Fiat Standard, because I know you're a big fan I have, of I have not read it yet. I'm not sure if I will ever read it. I'm sure it's not very, you know, interesting. That could be very interesting to me, so. I mean, that's a very Fiat answer from you. <laughs> you think because so? Because it, it was said after 1971. Yeah, right. Well, his book is, is written after 1971, so isn't it just a Fiat book, right? All art after 1971 is no good, so including the Bitcoin standard and the fiat standard, both written after 1971. That's not art, that's science. Oh, okay. But isn't all science after 1971 also fiat science? Yeah, that's why you don't use seed oils. Yeah, right, because seed oils are fiat food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything just, other than meat. A disturbing number of people are now leaving this room, leading us to maybe conclude yeah. that something important is happening somewhere else. Probably. <laughs> there's a barbecue somewhere. Oh. But uh, I was worried that they locked the door and they left Oh, us come here. on. They wouldn't do that. What's that? Uh, I get a bag. She dumped her bag on me. Now you're, her name uh, is Anna. She's the marketing director of Huddle Huddle. You can she did a great job. The camera. And now he's a bag holder. That was Anna, and she helped me with the magazine. So follow her on Twitter. Or are you on Twitter? 
Also follow Huddle Huddle. Use peer-to-peer -peer methods to buy your Bitcoin. They're not even sponsoring this podcast, but she thanked me. Okay, great. What are your closing words, Paul? We're getting kicked out. We're not literally getting kicked out, but the oh, everyone else has left this room, leading us to believe that we should probably kick ourselves out. So what should we say? Um, Baltic Honey Badger is a lot of fun. Um, read about Bit 300 yourself. Don't listen to other people. Uh, read the peer review page and use your own brain to decide things. I did things. read your peer review page. And yes. I did see that most Bitcoin Core developers seem to agree with your proposal for drive teams? Oh, well, I said I'm, some people have agreed and many people have, have no comments. And then the, some people haven't agreed, as some, but they endorse those two critiques that I think are not. We should follow up with them to see if. But I was surprised Peter Todd said yesterday that he still believes this whole. Um, Peter Todd believes it's very bad if miners have a way, if some miners have a, a way of making money that other miners do not. But that's the entire history of the mining has just been new miners innovating and replacing the old miners in a never-ending sequence of of improvements. And the idea that the that running sidechain software is even comparable with the, some of the investments that miners make in like millions of dollars of, of hardware, cooling, the idea that this would even register is bizarre. So I think the whole criterion is wrong. Blind merge mining solves it anyway. They don't even have to run the node. So the whole the whole criterion is wrong. There's no way, even if you applied the criterion, there's no way that software would even measure up to all the other costs they have. Security, cooling, electricity, the ASICs. It's like completely insane that anyone would even... But that's the Peter Todd uh, point of view on... Uh, you Not guys are chains. like Berlin and Rumbo. Actually, no, bad, bad comparison. Okay. You're not That's a good comparison. Poets, you're not lovers. <laughs> but they shot each other at one point. Yeah, but am I shooting him, though? I'm saying his argument isn't good. From the He's shooting me. Okay. Yeah, open timestamps. They're pretty great. Yeah. I, I don't have any comments against them. Yeah, me either. It's pretty straightforward, though. What about RBF? RBG, you mean? RGB? No, replaced by feet. Oh, okay. What about it? That, that's a Peter Todd edition. First scene safe, replaced by fee. That's uh, pretty good. It helps people. When your transaction is stuck, you're grateful that you have that in there. When you have your bad... Is that not a double spend? Well, they do first scene safe. So they say you're allowed to replace it as long as it's the same destination. And a bigger fee in the same destination, then people allow it. So that it was kind of a clever compromise. All right. Looks like we'll have to wrap it up because your computer will die when it runs out of battery. So, mm -hmm. um, so the are you going to read Saifedean until next time? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'll get right on that. But seriously, <laughs> what kind of books do you recommend to listeners? Mm, the Beginning of Infinity by David Deutsch. And The Elephant in the Brain by Robin Hanson. Those are the two best books, nonfiction books ever written. Wow. I expected you to say, okay, go for Eric Voskill, Crypto Economics. <laughs> it's a better book <laughs> than Safer Deans. A lot of things are a better book than, than that. I, I think uh, plenty of people have written a decent a Bitcoin book. I'm trying to, I don't know which one Bitcoin book is my favorite, but I own quite a few now. So I have to try and figure that out.
and get back to you. Did you look at the Bitcoin Takeover magazine? It's good. It's really good. I looked at it. It's good. It's really good. I think people Send would enjoy it. After All right. I will do. I have the number one. I th- I'm not sure if this is still the case, but I think for Robin Hanson's Elephant in the Brain, I wrote a Amazon review that was number one for a very long time. So... I'm going to ask you for a review, and I'm going to make sure it's number one because it's okay. not on Amazon, but I can <laughs> uh, You can it, just put, put it on whatever. All right, cool. Well, I think we have to, your poor computer is going to run out of energy, so we'll just say the, the mass has ended, right? St. Catherine, pray for us. Go in peace, you know? No, I'm not Catholic. Sorry. I know, but it's I'm the Bitcoin uncensored. Are you really Orthodox? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. 90-something percent of Romanians are Orthodox. Okay. At least in papers. What do they, how do they end the Mass in Orthodox? The they, Mass... The, I'm trying to translate right now. What is the Mass? The Mass is the, uh, the weekly gathering mm-hmm. of everyone. On Sunday. Yeah. And then they say the Mass has ended. Go in peace. It's pretty much the same. Just in Romanian? Yes. All right, say it in Romanian then. Domnul fie cu voi, slujba s-a terminat. All right, great. Cool, there we go. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks. Thank you, Paul. It's hey. always a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. And next time I'm going to ask you more questions and I'm <laughs> okay. going to have a better prepared laptop. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, great. After Mt. Gox collapsed, that was really the precipice of me saying, right, this has to change. We need a totally transparent exchanging system um, and base it on gold instead of fiat. Voltoro is the hard money exchange which helps you beat inflation with instant swaps between the best stores of value known to man, gold and Bitcoin. Unlike most exchanges, Voltoro understands the importance of transparency and security. All gold holdings are secured in top-tier Swiss private vaults and fully insured against theft, fire and more. Maximize your purchasing power today by going to voltoro.com slash Bitcoin Takeover. This is not financial advice, but gold has been humankind's most reliable store of value in the last 6,000 years. Do your own research. Use promotion code TAKEOVER for a one-time bonus of one gram of gold for the first 50 new customers buying gold with Bitcoin. Are you concerned that your friends, neighbors or KYC exchange might know how much Bitcoin you own? It is time to take your financial privacy seriously with Wasabi Wallet, a free and open source wallet solution which makes use of mega coin joins to mix your coins with those of hundreds of other strangers. Thanks to the groundbreaking Wabi Sabi engine, your coins get divided in smaller untraceable units which grant you great anonymity for both huddling and spending. Download Wasabi Wallet 2.0 today at wasabiwallet.io and take advantage of the mega coin joins. It's free and it's open source, so don't trust Verify.
What are you going to wear when Bitcoin hits $1 million? The same old $20 t-shirt? Try Maison Machi, the designer clothes made in Paris by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. They're not your average mass-produced sweatshop clothes. Machi will ask for your measurements and tailor every piece of clothing according to the shape of your body. So you always look and feel great in your t-shirt, hoodie or dress. It's all made in France by real artisans who also happen to be Bitcoiners. Which is why Maison Machi only accepts Bitcoin as payment for their clothes. Get a Maison Machi t-shirt or hoodie today, it might even help you find a girlfriend. And once you do get a girlfriend, you can also buy her a Maison Machi dress. Stop having fun looking poor and check out MaisonMachi.com. That's M-A-I-S-O-N-M-A-A-C-H-I.com.